Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. Tis the day to be eating weird flavored potato chips. You can always subscribe to the PGP by simply going to your favorite podcast platform, and searching either the DA show or the Permission Granted podcast. In either feed, we'll give you the PGP every single week. Remember to subscribe and review us. Rate and review us. That'll help other people find the podcast. Mraz joins me now just moments after we wrapped up the Wednesday edition of the DA show. And I've still got a taste of potato chips in my mouth after our Lay's flavor tasting out of which flavor are you going back to the back to the well? Well, I'm shocked. I've already during your interview with German Bushrod went back to the Philly cheesesteak well again, but not because I loved them the most, just because you guys didn't like them as much as me. So I wanted to see if there was something I was missing. And I will say, much like going deeper into a boxing match, the more you eat them, the more they wear on you. Mm. Well, I really liked your breakdown of all of these. Over G-Chat, we were kind of stacked in this final hour of the show today. Two interviews, advanced analytics, poll question, and the Ask the Pros, plus the epic fail. But the way that you saw it, street tacos were like Lamar Jackson. Philly cheesesteak was like Sam Darnold. New York pizza, Josh Allen. And Nashville hot chicken, Baker Mayfield. Please explain. Okay, so the way I would break this down is because I, when I look at the Lay's flavors, naturally you're going to think, is this a strong class? Is this a weak class? Mm-hmm. And I think on paper, when you look across the board at these four flavors, you think, okay, that should be a pretty strong class. But much like drafting NFL quarterbacks, Lay's potato chips often leave us with some mixed reactions. So the way I looked at it, the Carnita Street Tacos, 
I think people look at go, okay, tacos on chips. Is that really where we want to go? Because you usually have chips with tacos. Like many looked at Lamar Jackson. Is he a wide receiver? Is he a quarterback? Mm. But then you get a taste, right? And also they come wavy, mind you. So it's a little wild. It's a little different. And that's the way Lamar Jackson plays quarterback. He plays like a running back at times. But ultimately he stands above all of the rest of those guys who everybody else maybe pegged for a little bit better. And it's a clear-cut number one. And that's the way I looked at the wavy Carnita Street tacos. They are Lamar Jackson. Hmm. Now, as I go down the line, I went Sam Darnold for Philly cheesesteak for this. Look, you have steak, you have onions, you have cheese. That is something we all love. They don't even really throw you for a loop for something that you could necessarily question. Sam Darnold going into that draft seemed to be the most slam dunk, even though he went third overall. However, as we've learned here through having a little more you know what, you like what you taste at first, but something just ain't right. And that seems to be Sam Darnold's career so far. And not to mention, the more they have him, the more they might put you to sleep. And he did have mono, D.A. So we Mm -hmm. go now now to the kettle-cooked New York pizza. And when I look at the kettle-cooked New York pizza chips, I just kind of look, I wasn't excited about them, right? There's no excitement level to them because it feels like I've seen pizza Pringles before. It feels like pizza chips have been done before. And are you really excited when you see a guy come out of college with accuracy issues? It's just like, all right, yeah, all right, here's the big arm, but we've seen this before. How often does it really work out? Is that really going to wet your whistle? And then I think by the end, you like them, but you don't love them. And I don't know what the ceiling is for a New York pizza chip but it's something you'll just kind of go back to the well and we'll hang around a while. And that kind of feels like Josh Allen with the Bills. Mm. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, mm. and I'll let you uh, – let me just close this with this, the, the Nashville hot chicken. The Nashville hot chicken's got spice. It's got spunk. It's a little surprising when you taste the breadcrumbs, just like we were surprised when Baker Mayfield went in the draft to the Cleveland Browns. But eventually that tenacity and that spiciness – Again, it's going to make you ask, do I need this? And that's what I ask every time I look at the Cleveland Browns put Baker Mayfield under center. All right, it's got a lot of flair. It's got a lot of hotness to it. It's got a little spice to it. It's got a little zest to it. Maybe some surprises come your way. But ultimately, do I love them? No. And that's where I get Baker Mayfield out of the Nashville Hot Chicken. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a good breakdown. The New York style pizza is the only one I can see having really long lasting legs. That That's something that I would buy in the future. But I will say... We've been probably doing this bit for about five years now, and all of the old flavors, gyro or whatever else we've eaten, I never see them anywhere. So it's like these are only temporary flavors. Even if they're awesome, they never come back around again. Well, and that that is another issue. I talked about this with Pizza Body Bilotti off the air. When we were first introed into these Lay's flavors, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong all these years later, but I believe it was, you know, vote for your favorite online. I thought that was the point. Buy all these up, vote for your favorite, and, you know, whoever wins, we're going to keep producing these. Unless it's, you know, maybe we'll make them into more. And I haven't seen them again. And, you know, just off the top of my head, I'm sure there are chip flavors we forgot we've had. But I remember loving the fried green tomato. I remember very much liking a mango salsa. Uh, those are the two that really stuck out to me. And, and again, you brought up the gyro. I thought those kind of were garbage a little bit. But we've had so many of these. I think this is the fourth year or fifth year we've done it. So we've had anywhere between 16 to 20 bags of these chips. And those are the only two that really stuck out to me. And, again, yeah, where are these with staying power? They're just not there. No, and I don't even know if that's even what Lay's pretends to do anymore because it's not like you go to the grocery store – 
and see funky new flavors of potato chips. They have the same old potato chips every <laughs> single time. It's not like we ever get introduced to new flavors. Well, so I don't. We would never have like a long-standing New York-style pizza potato chips. So these are the ultimate teas. Now they are. However, I, that's not a hundred percent true because in Canada. Three years ago, D.A., Ruffles introduced an all-dressed potato chip. And the idea there was to take a little page out of the everything bagel and kind of combine flavors. So what the all-dressed did was it combined barbecue with salt and vinegar and a little sour cream and onion. And basically all the toppings that you would do with a potato chip, they infused into one flavor. It stuck in Canada so well that Ruffles put it out across U.S. shelves, and it became a pretty good hit. They're a little harder to find right now for whatever reason during the pandemic. But since then, just recently, uh, several other chip companies have now also come out with the all-dressed. Most recently, the Wise did as well, which I picked up a bag as. So that would be the one different flavor that came out. But again, it's a combination of flavors they'd already done, not a brand-new flavor we had never seen before. Hmm. Well... I thought that, by and large, you were right that this class was serviceable. It was fine. It probably wasn't the best class, but none of them were offensive. That was a good thing. We've had offensive before. Right. It's just that none of them probably have all that much staying power. This is this is not, you know, the 83 draft class with Elway and Marino and Kelly all becoming Hall of Famers, but it's also probably not the busted draft class of, like, Achilles Smith and Tim Couch either, so. Right. Yeah, by the way, a couple ones we didn't like in the past. Lobster roll was really bad. Oof. The Chinese Szechuan we had, if you remember those. Um, and then also there was a cappuccino we had that were terrible. And the wasabi Oh, I don't even ones. remember that. Yeah, the uh, kettle-cooked wasabi ginger were also brutal. This is the first PGP in five months where we do not have a sports movie to break down. And so we have turned to strangely flavored potato chips and Dana Jacobson's goodbye party. So let's go back to this. We talked about this on the show <laughs> earlier this morning. You had reminded me that I apparently tried chocolate covered bacon once upon a time. I don't remember this at all. But Dana worked at CBS Sports Radio on the morning show with Tiki and Tierney for the first it was definitely a full year. I don't know if it was a second year. If she did go beyond the first year, it was no more than two total years. Yes, and I, I want to say there was a a leaving probably a couple months into year two, but again, I could be completely wrong. That, that period of time really, again, we weren't getting much sleep then, so it really my brain is all mashed from that. Right, so Dana left, and she went to the TV side of things for CBS, which ended up being an amazing career move. She's on major NCAA tournament broadcasts, and she does We Need to Talk and CBS Sunday News, and she's just all over the place. She's a total star, and she had a going-away party, and um, we've always been really friendly with Dana. She's just an amazing person. We had so many fun laughs and good times, and I got to go watch Michigan football, her beloved Wolverines, a couple of times with her, and we just always had a good time. And for her going away party, why would there have been chocolate-covered bacon at a bar for her, her goodbye party? Well, I will answer this twofold. Number one, I can tell you the exact date of the party was Friday, December 5th, 2014. So it would have been at the end of year two. So she must have made it to that point. Well, how do you know that? 
I know because I distinctly remember the game we were watching. Again, it's the things I remember are so unimportant in life, and the important things I can't remember. Seriously. We watched Marcus Mariota and the Oregon Ducks beat Arizona 51-13 in the Pac-12 championship game that night. It was championship weekend, and we got we said we'd watch Rich Rod in Arizona play the Helfrich Ducks, and that was where we went out, and she picked the place. We went to a place called, right by her apartment at the time, Bar Bacon. So the whole bit was, on top of all the beers and everything, everything on their menu was bacon-related. And several of their either apps or desserts were standalone, you know, bacon on a stick, different bacon flavors, that kind of idea. And she pushed the, if you've never had chocolate-covered bacon, you got to have chocolate-covered bacon. And what really swayed me was Tiki Barber was there with his wife, and he was like, oh, you love chocolate-covered bacon. He had had it as well. So we got rounds of chocolate-covered bacon. We all had chocolate-covered bacon at some point in the second half. So you're talking about like 10.30 Eastern. We were out pretty late, uh, and we were pounding chocolate-covered bacon strips, all giving it a taste test, much like we would have done with the Lay's. And I remember standing next to you, and I I don't know why. I always laughed at this face, and you kind of made this face with your mouth chomping. Morass, not bad. And that was – I just laughed at it. I I seemed to enjoy it really well. So when you talked about never having chocolate-covered bacon today, I laughed because I have this distinct memory of you telling me it's not bad. December 2014, so we're coming up on six years ago this happened, and I have no recollection. I have a recollection of the party because, like I said, I remember talking to Mike Samter, the producer (laughs) of Tiki and Tierney, and it very much sticks out in my brain. It's funny the things that you remember because he's so short. I mean, he's got to be 5'4", 5'3", shorter, 5 foot. with lifts. I mean, what do you think that Samter clocks in at? I mean... I think I'm going to give him the fairness of a 5-4. Because I think once you get to 5-6, you start well, there's to be no seven. way he's 5-6. No, no and, but that's where you start to be respectable, and he's not respectable in terms of height, and he's certainly not under 5 feet. I'm going to go 5-4. I'm going to give him the benefit of 5 <sighs> Might be closer to 5-2, to be honest with you. Oof. That's I mean, because side. I'm not a very tall guy. I'm like 5'10", and I was looking down. I guess I'd only talk to Samter at work like when he's he was sitting down at a desk and I was sitting down or <laughs> he was standing up and I was sitting down or something because in this moment I was talking to him and I remember thinking, wow, I'm really looking down on you. This is what like Jorge Murison felt like. This is how really <laughs> tall basketball players feel when they talk to normal people. I'm like, this is a wild feeling. You know, because you have to be close also at a bar. I guess that was the effect where right. you don't talk from across the, the room. You're up next to one another back when we were allowed to go into bars and you're just talking, you know, within six inches. So I just that's what I remember. I don't remember the chocolate covered bacon. And of all the things you a remember the bacon and remember, did you remember the final score of that Oregon game? Or you just remember what I, game it was? And you look back at the box. That's score? I, I just did a quick Google. So I remember that it was Oregon, Arizona. I didn't remember what year that championship game was. That's how I found the date. And that's how I found the score. Wow, what a lifetime ago that Rich Rodriguez was the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats in a Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, had one loss heading into that game. Unbelievable. That might have been a Pac-10 championship game because that was before, I think, Utah and who else joined? It's labeled Pac-12. Colorado. For sure. It's labeled as a Pac-12 championship. Tim Brando, Joel Klatt, and Jenny Taft were on the call. How about that? Hmm. How about that? Well, I'm glad that you remembered that because I don't have a recollection, but I'm glad that I actually tried that. And it makes me wonder about all the other things that I've forgotten in my life, like experiences, things that I taste, things that I've tried. Don't you wish that you had just such a better recollection and recall of the things that you've done? 
Yes. As I said, I have a good memory for meaningless things. You know, I could tell you where I was when I was for a week six Giants game in 1998 or something like that. But I, I honestly, if my wife tells me to take out the garbage or something, I could go two days without it. And then she's like, don't you remember me telling you that? And I have no recollection. So I, I, I have a good memory for useless information. And I, I don't know. I feel like that might be more common than, than we think. What are your plans for Labor Day? Is you're going to be off Thursday and Friday and then back on Monday. I'll be gone Friday and Monday. Yeah, so I am going to squeeze two more mornings at the beach, hopefully, Thursday and Friday morning, as I'm only you know a 10-minute ride, as you know, from the beach. And, and I only got to go a couple times, but as my daughter has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger here, she you know what she didn't get in June, she seems to be getting in August, so I want to cash in before the summer ends, head to the beach. And then Saturday is Kentucky Derby Day, and it also is both – my sister's fiance's birthday and my father-in-law, they share birthday. It's his 60th birthday. So we're going to do a very small Kentucky Derby gathering at Bob's Bar with, you know, some birthday cake and some beers and, you know, some cornhole and bet the races and have a good little day like that. And then Sunday, Monday, I don't know, man, probably just ride out the pool, start working on up the gut and get ready for football season. Okay. A week from Thursday, a week from Thursday night, we've got Chiefs and Texans to open up the NFL season. How weird is that? And what do you what do you got? More fishing this weekend? What are you doing? No, I'm going to go up to Rhode Island and okay. go to my wife's parents' place. They live near the near the water up there and they've got a nice setup with a backyard and a fire pit and barbecue and a pool. So we go up there for the holidays. We were up there for the 4th of July and uh get a little lobster roll before the season closes nice. and have a few Narragansett beers and uh Get ready for football season. You know, usually we're up there for Labor Day and college football's week one is upon us. So I watch a lot of college football. But now it's just going to be the NBA playoffs for Labor Day, which is the weirdest thing. Yeah, spending Labor Day watching either baseball, which would have been normally on, but Kentucky Derby, NBA basketball, NHL playoff. It's really weird. It, it feels like it's May. I, I don't know. This whole time warp of everything is really just, just screwed with me. And I don't think, and just much like you've said, it crept up with the NFL preseason. I don't think it'll feel like September's here until that Texan Chief game. But on that note, I, just one thing I had to ask you. I don't know if you saw this, but earlier in the week, Kenny Brock, our old friend on the Wheels of Steel, was cracking open what he thought was his favorite pumpkin beer. In August, DA, I saw that. I, I did call him a little bit on it, and he got very, as Kenny Brock naturally does, testy. I'll have it when I damn well please was basically what he, what he gave at me. I was just trying to have some fun with him. But your thoughts on pumpkin beer in August, and when do you start making that move? I know you're gonna have some Narragansetts this weekend. I'm not with it this early. I was I was at Walgreens and CVS yesterday trying to find the the, the street taco flavored <laughs> chips, and I couldn't find them. I had the other three. And I noticed that in Walgreens, they had the Halloween candy out. And I said, it's September 1st, and we're doing Halloween candy two full months. Oh, and there was Halloween costumes. I said, it's two full months away. Are we really into, like, Halloween costumes? And I looked at it, and I said, boy, should I buy mine? And I said, wait a second. I got 60 days to buy this. So I'm not into thinking that far ahead. And it's also still pretty hot. I mean, it's been rainy around here the last couple of days. But this week, it's going to be in the 80s. I don't feel like pumpkin beer when it's in the 80s. So I needed a little crisp and, you know, wake me up September 28th. Will I be into a pumpkin beer probably by late this month, maybe early October? Yeah, probably by October 1, I'm into it. But now, I mean, I'm still drinking summer beers. 
people rush it. And yeah, if you're out there buying Halloween candy already, already. Pathetic. It's I mean, pathetic. first of all, who, there's no way you buy Halloween candy it's pathetic. Like this week and you last till Halloween to hand that out. There's no way. I not only that, but it's not on sale right now. If you were going to tell me I'm going to buy Halloween candy on November the 1st for next year, you know what? God bless you. You're going to save a lot of money. To buy candy today is what it's going to be priced until Halloween, and you're buying it two months in advance. What, are you going to forget? <laughs> right, right, right. It I makes no sense to me. Costumes, the whole deal. And and I hate to rain on the parade. Do we even know if we're going to be able to hand out candy this year during what's 2020 and the coronavirus? I don't even know that. Well, we got two months to lead up to this, but what is Halloween this year? Are kids right. allowed to be around other kids under in masks because they have masks on? I mean, right. are, are you going to be able to have costume stuff at school do you go door to door can you hand out candy is anybody gonna have a, a halloween party are you not allowed to have halloween parties i mean yeah it's a whole thing whole thing i'm certainly not investing in halloween yet halloween pumpkin beers pump the brakes here give me some summer ales and let's enjoy labor day weekend yeah it's like you know you lead your division on may the first you can't act as though okay we're getting ready for the trade deadline you know you got to <laughs> wait out to see where you are on july 1st it's way too early to make your call on halloween right now Yes, yes. This, to me, is more egregious than when you hear Christmas music, you know, on November 1st. I think this is far more egregious because you're rushing something we only get for so little amount of time, and that's summer. I think you're right. And the people that rush things, I don't, I don't know. I guess there's something about preparing, but what's the need right now? I mean, if you were to say, I'm going to buy my Halloween costume today because they always sell out by the time you get to mid-October, all right. Or shipping takes a long time, all right. But... When you go into Walgreens today or your grocery store and there's Halloween candy, that same exact bag of Halloween candy is going to be there for the next six weeks. Maybe the week of Halloween to get sold out, maybe. But buying it now to what? Stuff it away in in a cabinet for two months? What are you doing? Right, exactly. The Reese's peanut butter cup that's shaped like a pumpkin will absolutely be there. You don't have to worry about it. No question. All right, that is side A. You got Bogues coming up on side B? Yeah, Bogues and I on side B, and we talk through our, our extremely uh, misunderstanding cancer era and how our minds went there, and we try to let the audience know what we were thinking as we were uh, hit hit with the one-two punch by you on Tuesday's show. So we try to talk through and explain ourselves away, which maybe will only dig us a deeper hole. It really is such a dark moment for you and Bogues, you know, sprouting hosting career. We'll see if you guys can rebound. <laughs> That is side B. That is side A. Here comes side B. All right, welcome to side B of the PGP. This is Mraz, executive producer and doofus face of the DA show, joined by my esteemed colleague, Andrew Bogish. Bogish, hello. Welcome to side B, sir. Oh, hey, Sean. Hello. So let's get side B cracking with a little house cleaning for you and I. Tuesday mm. morning show was a rough one, particularly for me as you skated by, as DA had sat in the weeds and planned a nice little trash Tuesday where he would go after me for misinterpreting a text and maybe taking some shots at my ego. So let's just start right there. I did apologize. I clearly misunderstood a text. But as we have this conversation in regards to uh, whether uh, DA was called a cancer or not, it should be noted that you are with me in that while you should have corrected me, you also, the first thing that didn't come to your mind when I read that text was, oh, she's talking about a Zodiac sign, correct? I mean, not even not even for like one-tenth of a second. Now, we're, what, how many days removed from that and a couple of hours or more take, from the DA takedown of us on Tuesday morning? 
I do now, Sean, recall me saying on Thursday that I was a Pisces, but I don't know what that means about me. But, and then I do remember us saying that the cancer, like, definition, the cancer traits fit DA perfectly, but I don't remember that being a long conversation. I don't know how we got onto it. And honestly, I still don't remember whether it was Thursday or Friday. (laughs) So no matter what, when you read me that text from the Bourbon Bell on Friday morning, I, it, it did not in any way immediately click me back to a conversation about, about Zodiac signs. And as I said on the air Tuesday morning, because I know that your relationship with DA is legitimate, it's not just a work relationship, and this would not be the first time that that Amber Lee has talked to you directly. Sure. Nothing about it seemed fishy to me because also, too, like I said on the show, like the entire like DA operation, us and his friends and his 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 40th birthday party last year, it's always people taking swings at each other. And right. so I it, it it didn't seem impossible to me that she was just needling him indirectly by telling us <laughs> one or two things that were supposed to be funny. But I, I gotta know now how you spun her sentence into that being about DA's presence on the show. All right, so this is set the standard. This is what the PGP is for. Remember we said last week when we stopped with Mothership at the movies, we said, what are we going to talk about on side B? <laughs> and right. the answer is behind-the-scenes controversy. So let me just paint the picture here. DA, if we are going to take shots at DA, which we did, DA mm. absolutely has the right to come in when he's back and fire shots back or answer for himself. By the way, that's just not a DA thing. I think that should go for all of us. If Bogus is off and I take a shot that he needs to hire me as an agent, when Bogus comes back, he should be able to come back firing at me. If people want to take shots at me because my grass stinks or I eat 10 pounds of donuts, I should be able to come back and point the finger. I, that's just how we do it, right? I mean, if you're going to throw stones, you got to be ready to take them. So DA had his stones, and boy, did he come a-packing. He was ready to go. And I will say, much like you, when the Bourbon Bell texted me that, the main topic I remember about DA being out was two things. Was A, the fact that he was off following a major sports event, the Bucks walking off the court because DA, as he's even joked about, is always off. And DA had texted us, I would say, an hour – maybe I have the timeline wrong, but I w- the idea of DA texting you and I and then the Bourbon Bell texting me – was very, like, in sync. It almost felt like it had happened or maybe it was fresh in my mind. So that that was a topic. And also I had joked around about my mistakes on the show earlier in the week and that DA wasn't happy with me. So right. those two things stuck out at me when his wife texts me and the first words I see are simply, not DA's sign is a cancer, just the quote was simply, DA is a cancer with three crying emojis. The crying emojis I think are important here to note as well. Now, did I over-exaggerate a little bit? She did not say cancer to the show. That was me interpreting her that because, again, bogus. When I see somebody as a cancer and we hear, well, he's out of the show, he was aggravated with me this week, like, of course that's where my brain is going to jump. And also, of course I don't think she legitimately means he's a cancer and hates the show. She's good at joking around and making fun of DA, too, which I think is why she's awesome. So, of course I would think that, but... The way it was painted on Tuesday's show was that I was the ultimate doofus, and I know I have a track record and a resume for that, and that I should have, of course, known his Zodiac sign. I got news for you. I don't know my own Zodiac sign, so why the heck would I know 
that he's a cancer. And it just shows you, too, I guess more credit should go to the Bourbon Bell because she answered something that we had completely forgotten about us talking about, and I just took it the complete wrong way. So what we have here, and these things happen like is a complete misunderstanding bogus is it not it's just like when you boil everything down it's just a misunderstanding but i think the to not understand how we got to her thinking he was a cancer i think is a little naive by da though no it's hard to not look at it from our point of view but if i if i can get to like an objective outsider thing it it does seem hard for me because too like you said on the air, that's why, and I guess this is like defending myself and why I went along with you and didn't in any way question it. You said on the air, and I quote her, DA is a cancer on the show. I did, and that was so, where I aired. That was an error right. on my issue. So like that that to me, like that's the thing that we can't we can't explain away. Like you you saying that means only one thing. There was no second one. Now, again, sure. I didn't think that she really meant I thought it was a joke. I thought we were, it was funny, of course, haha. Of course. It wasn't, she wasn't, like, secretly telling you this because she doesn't like him or the show. I thought it was all all in good fun. But because you said that, you quoted her, and I didn't have your phone in front of me, obviously, and I've never spoken to her directly, I just, I just believed you because it fit in the normal, like, you know, the normal way we go about our business, being jerks to each other. So it just, it did kind of make sense. But really, in retrospect, there probably should have been like one or two follow-up questions from me just to really get to the right. bottom of the entire the entire thing. So I, by, by kind of over-exaggerating the quote, if you will, I dug my own grave, as is par for the course. And DA, look, he had every yeah. right to fire back. But I will say this, and I mentioned this in the last hour of Tuesday show. If you think for a second, that DA is free from us taking shots at him when he's off. When I when I get the, I mean, let's face it, we we dance on my grave when I'm off from the show. No way, that's not the way we built the foundation of the show. And I think our listeners appreciate that because in the end, I think it makes for funny radio when we poke fun at each other. I really do. Because I think the idea that none of us are that sensitive is a good thing. Now I'll, I will give you this as I think a tiny little gift from me to you. Okay. Um, if this does come up again. And I'm, I'm assuming that it will at least this week. Feel free to remind DA that on Thursday, I, me, I was the one that wondered if he should come back on the air from whatever like mini right. nominal vacation he was on to at least briefly discuss what the Bucks had done the day before. And you were very quickly, no, 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 no. He doesn't need to do that. That'd be unnecessary. So you did go to bat for him of Thursday course. morning. When I did kind of somewhat playfully take a shot at his work commitment, when we were well, having our normal, our normal nonsense about his vacations. Well, we look the, a storyline that won't sell on a Trash Tuesday is, hey, I just want to say Mraz always has my back. We know that doesn't sell. I obviously have mentioned numerous times how appreciative I am, but look, we had to address this here on Side B because clearly this was a thing. I have to own the fact that I misinterpreted a quote. But I did want to at least tell our side of the story on why we would think, you know, when I get a text that he's a cancer, the first thing that didn't pop in my mind was that Zodiac sign thing. And maybe I should have asked more questions <laughs> instead of just assuming she was joking around. But she's so good at joking around that I felt that way. So, clearly, and I will say, I don't know at home. <laughs> I don't know at home if DA was angry, not angry, and I don't know the hours. But I did wake up to another text member, which was just a screenshot of our previous conversation 
and it was like at like midnight, let's say, I saw the timestamp, and I was already asleep. And it was almost like she was trying to give me a warning sign. Like, you better come to defend yourself, pal, <laughs> well, because it's going to get ugly for you on Tuesday morning. I mean, DA did, too, on Tuesday morning or Monday night. His email, he asked the group to get the audio of me and you doing this. He could have right. just emailed Pete directly well, and really just dropped it on our lap live on the show. But you and I knew it was coming. We just didn't know exactly when during Tuesday's show well, or how it was going to be delivered. And here is where DA knows the bit. DA knows if he just asks Pete to do that, he's going to get a huff and a puff from Pete. Ah, come on, DA. Do we need this right now? Right. Ah. But so DA, DA knew in an ironic twist that he needed me to pull it. He, he did know that. But... Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, and you did jump in immediately and be like, here it is, guys. Like, you were trying to kiss up a little bit. I'm well, surprised Pete didn't it's... do it immediately to get a, to get back at you somehow. No, no, Pete's response was more, I, and now, you know what, screw it, old bets are off. Pete was more of a, do I have time to be grabbing this? And I said, Pete, don't worry, I'm going to grab it. <laughs> I know where it was. Now, and I'm also going to be fair to Pete here, too. I know that's, again, not proper. Pete was also off last week, so he wasn't aware of any of this. I mean, he was dealing with being True. a new father. So I'm not going to make Pete needle in a haystack. I know we said it, and I knew where to find it. So it just made matters easier. Look, if I'm going to say something, like I said, i got to own having the shots fired, and I can't make those comments on the DA show and not expect DA would come back. Now, do I hope he doesn't hear it and come back? Of course, but i, I got to expect the shots back. Now, also on that note, we're talking about Pete and the uh, lack of work. Your thoughts on Pete, first couple days back off being a dad, you had predictions that he would be – a lot more relaxed, and we heard him trash a man for not knowing where aluminum foil was on Tuesday's right. show, and he did say he had a laundry list, and he would not get to all of them. Do we count that as a win for Pete's angst? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so far so good. I mean, as always, the delivery of the trash is really the lead story. I mean, it's just, it's like awkward and disjointed, and it doesn't like, it ends on an up note kind of not, like he doesn't take you to the finish line. Like you have to wonder if he's done or not yet. Like he's still, he was in mid season form giving us the trash, but there definitely was the normal angst missing behind it. And I think he called himself hashtag new man at some point in there. So I, I, I think we're so far so good, but if he's already got a long list of trashes, then maybe the expiration date on the, the new dad happiness is, is coming up pretty quickly. I'm telling you, bro, it's getting like September 16th before Pete blows a gasket. And we're throwing more on the plate. You know, football season is always a very busy time for us. So the Pete Bellotti right. body, the body bomb is ticking. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and we have – there's a wild card near coming up here. This Friday, you're out – and DA yes. is out, and I believe John Kincaid is in, which, by the way, is a side note that I almost mentioned on the air Tuesday. While you finally won the ability to host and maybe now have lost it, um, that's a fight I still lose because I'm here Friday. I believe Ooh. Pete's here Friday, but in comes the outsider in Kincaid. So you've earned the trust. I'm still working on that. But when Kincaid's here and you and, and DA are gone, that's a that's an open door for Pete to get angry about something unnecessarily. A connection, Kincaid being off the clock or doing something, you know, not technically correct if he's gonna try and follow the normal path of the show. So Friday may give us a glimpse as to where Pete is, because that would normally mess him up. If it doesn't on Friday, that might be a good sign for the near future about where his overall kind of atmosphere is right now all right so there you have it if you listen in the friday into labor day the clock is ticking on the pete angst 
Will he be okay with connections? A host no, like John. He just Kane? said in my ear. He's listening. He's he's in my ear right now. He's not in Friday either. So it's so it's just <laughs> me now. So I'm the only one left on the ship. What an idiot I am. Yeah, should have took off, should have bailed. And with that, Bogish, I know you have now more important things to do. You're a big part of the big writer that you show. So we're going to let you go here. And that's going to wrap it for the PGP this week. Hopefully we live to see another week and that uh, we can get past all this in-house family fighting and we will survive, Bogish. Probably. But we'll do our best not to survive. That seems to be what we're really good at these days. All right, buddy. Have a good rest of the day. You can follow Andrew Bogish on Twitter. At Andrew Bogish. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MarazCB. Take care, everyone. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.